us tonight through your word. Give us insight. Let the spirit of revelation hit those that are here this word tonight, that we may receive what you want to speak to us today and the message that you want us to receive from it. In Jesus' name, let everybody say, God bless you, and you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I've titled this message tonight, The Battle of Cain and Abel. The Battle of Cain and Abel. The story of Cain and Abel, and by the way, um, uh, uh, we're not on live stream? Mm. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, the story of Cain and Abel in the scriptures is epic in the scope and transcends the course of time. Within the prose of its context, we can see the results of unrepented sin and the tragedy of children reaping the consequences of their parents' failure to obey the instructions of God. Something a lot of times people don't understand. When you fail to follow God's will, when you fail to follow God's will, not only will you suffer the consequences, but others who are connected to you, such as your children, will have to pay a part of the retribution for your sin. A lot of times we don't think about stuff like that at the time. But we are all connected where none of us are an island to ourselves. You are connected uh, to other people. And a lot of times the actions that I take will not only affect my future and my life, but it can affect the future and lives of other people that are connected with me. Amen. And many times, children has to suffer consequences brought on by their parents. Such was the case of Cain and Abel. If Adam and Eve hadn't did what they'd done, then this story that we're talking about tonight in this message, the battle of Cain and Abel, would have never taken place. Abel would have never lost his life. It goes back to the root problem of a mom and daddy not doing what they should do. Amen. That is so important. Now, what I want to do in this message is to use the backdrop of Cain and Abel's tragic story in an allegorical way. In other words, I'm not going to be preaching uh, uh, directly about Cain and Abel and, and the literal story. But I'm going to take this and I'm going to turn it into an allegory and relate it to the dual natures we as believers contend with every day in our life. Uh, we have the Spirit of God. If we are born-again believers... We have the new nature, the Christ-like nature in us. 
But as long, and listen to pastor now, as long as you're alive in this life, you still going to have to contend with the old nature that's inside you. That old nature is going to try to spring up and dominate. Amen. And so that's how <clears throat> that I want to talk about this tonight. The good and evil which presides in us are identical to the two brothers in the story. That's what I want you, how I want you to find out. what I mean about making this analogy. And your destiny, <coughs> um, your destiny, and I'm going to um, use this other mic because this one is not doing too well. Hallelujah. Your destiny depends on whether or not you allow Cain to kill the Abel in your heart. Think about that. Every one of us has Cain and Abel both living and presiding within us. And your future your destiny depends whether or not you're going to let what's going on inside you happen the same way it's happened to the original Cain and Abel back in the beginning. Hallelujah. Now, so thinking on that side and thinking that way, let's just talk a little bit tonight. First, I want to talk about the Cain factor. Amen. The Cain factor. The battle of Cain and Abel is played out in the lives of people every day. Even for believers, we seem to have a split personality. Every one of us seems to have a Jekyll and Hyde complex. How many knows what I'm talking about when I say Jekyll and Hyde? Anybody ever watch the old movies? Amen. Well, we seem to have a Jekyll and Hyde complex at times as we battle against the Cain that's in our heart, struggling for Abel and praying he won't be murdered by Cain. We all know lives within us. I want you to look at Romans chapter 7 and verse 21. Look on the screen there, and you can see it. And those of you that may be watching at home, you can turn to your Bibles. Romans chapter 7 and 21. Paul said, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Amen. Paul said, when I would do good, when I want to do right, when I want to live right, I find that evil is there. Now, he's talking right now. He's a believer. He's a, Ronnie talked about the scripture this morning about when he got baptized. He'd been baptized, born again. He's preaching the gospel. But yet Paul says, uh, back up enough, yeah, I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Now, here's what I want you to do. Look at that word evil and just 
draw a pretend line through the word evil, and I want to paraphrase it and read it like this. I find then a law that when I would do good, Cain is present with me. Think about that for a moment. When I would do good, Cain is present with me. Just as Cain despised his own brother because of jealousy, which turned into hatred and finally led to murder, we too many times find the same spirit of Cain attacking the spirit of Abel, wanting to subdue and destroy that good thing God placed within us when we was born again. devil's not going to give up on you easy. He's going to try everything he can to keep you pulled down, hallelujah, and, and get you to suppress, amen, until he finally kills that new nature that you had through Christ Jesus. So the battle of Cain and Abel is going on inside me. It's going inside you, and we have to contend with it every day of our life. You know, a lot of people say, well, I'm, I, uh, I have so much problem, I just don't want to go to church because I'm not living right 100% of the time. Sweetheart, you tell me who does live right 100% of the time. You get in your car and go on down the road, and you let that, uh, that jack leg down there cut you off in the road. Hallelujah. You want to say a few Christian cuss words at them. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. Whoop, it's the truth anyhow. Glory to God. This is what I'm referring to in turn that we got a Cain and we got an Abel inside us. You're trying to think about the Lord. You're trying to think about the goodness of Jesus. And here's the, here's the old flesh trying to bring up bad thoughts in your mind. Amen. Amen. And, 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 and evil thoughts. This is what I'm talking about. Cain. Because of what Abel represented, made a decision that he was going to kill his brother. And he, he finally got to the place where they were alone, hiding in the field, and he did that. Let me ask you, you and I have got Cain and Abel battling out, and that flesh despises the good thing that God has put in you when you was born again. And that flesh is going to do everything he can to stomp him out, get rid of him, and take him out. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's why we need, like the song we sung a while ago, we need more of Jesus every day. We need to read his word every day. We need to pray every day. We need to be able to go to the house of God and hear the word of God as much as we possibly can. Hallelujah. Let's look at another scripture still dealing, dealing with the same thing. Romans chapter 7 and verse 24. Hallelujah. Still Paul's doing the talking. He said, O oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from the body of, the, of death? Now, we, we still got some people running around saying, well, 
once you come to the Lord, you need you you know you're not right unless you live totally completely above sin or don't never don't never mess up at all. Again, I say, you tell me who does that. And I want you to notice something. Although, when I was in English class in school, a lot of times I sit on the back row and play uh, play tic-tac-toe with a buddy of mine. But I, I was able to pick up a little bit of thing in English. And I learned a little bit about sentencing. And notice how it reads here. Oh, wretched man that I am. That I am is a present tense. Paul speaking in the present tense, right there, right there, while he was saved, preaching the gospel, he did not say, oh, wretched man that I was. I'm preaching to you tonight. Come on. Oh, wretched man that I am, present tense. Paul realized that Cain still lived down inside, and he had to contend with him. Glory to God. Amen. You've got to contend with him each and every day of your life. When God placed his divine spirit within us at the new birth, Abel come alive. Now listen to me. I want you to understand what I'm saying and how God put this in my spirit this afternoon, you could say, I'm talking about Abel now, he was resurrected. You see, Abel was dormant and unconscious because you were born in sin with the sin of Adam. Abel is the only part of you which has communion with God. And when Adam committed his sin, and the whole human race fell into sin, the able in every one of us, we were as dormant, lifeless, unconscious, could I say comatose. But when you was born again, oh, glory to God. Maybe, maybe you might get a hold of this like I'm getting it, but man, I see a beauty in this right here. I see a beauty in this story, the way I'm relating it right now. Hallelujah. When you were born again, Abel took a breath of life. He was resurrected again. Hallelujah. That, that Abel who lay dormant in your life, unconscious and comatose. Hallelujah. Abel become alive, and you received, was able to communicate with God. You could not communicate with God as, as long as you was in the world. Before you were saved, there was no communication, no fellowship with your Creator. I don't coo, I don't care who will try to argue a different story, but the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 2, look at what that says. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you, so that he would not hear. You see, as long as Abel laid dormant in your heart, unconscious, comatose, the way it was when you was born in this world, you had no ability to have a communion with God. You had no ability to have fellowship with God because Adam lost fellowship with God when he sinned and he was kicked out of the garden. 
Hallelujah. I need to add a little funny story to that. I guess I get this from, um, uh, what's his name? Every, every time he, he does this before he starts his message, uh, but he says he likes to add something humorous uh, to, to his preaching. Um, and man, his name's un- slipped my mind now. But uh, relating to this, uh, when Cain and Abel was, uh, oh, maybe they were uh, seven and eight years old, let's say, and they were going out hunting with Adam, their dad. And as they was out hunting, they passed the entranceway to the uh, to, uh, to the Garden of Eden where they used to live. And um, Abel pointed over that way and asked dad, his dad, uh, Adam, said, What's that place, Dad? And Adam said, Well, son, that's where we used to live before your mama ate us out of house and home. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Lord of God, I might get in trouble for that when I get home, talking about home. Hallelujah. Amen. But the Bible says your iniquities have separated you from your God. Adam had a fellowship with God. God would come down and walk with Adam in the cooler of the day, the Bible says. He lost that fellowship when he disobeyed God. Amen. And you and I was born in this world out of fellowship with God. Amen. We had no way to communicate. Amen. So, in essence, Abel, although there, because you were created in God's image, he was there, but he was dead. He was lifeless. He was unresponsive. Now, but the Spirit of God quickened him to life so you can offer spiritual sacrifices to God. But the Cain within you despises the Abel that's within you. So the battle rages on. Cain desires to halt the work of Abel in your life, especially the manifestation of love in your life. Abel wants you to love everybody. Cain wants you to get mad and hold grudges. Come on, we talked this morning about families and families getting together at the holidays. I mean, I, I, I know some situations in some families where people in the same family family don't even speak to one another. I know a situation where people in the same church family, some folks sit on one side and others sit on the other side and they, they, won't, they won't talk to one another, they won't shake hands. Somebody's listening to Cain rather than Abel. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. First uh, John 3, 11 and 12. Let's see what that says. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. That's why Cain despises Abel. He despised Abel because God accepted his brother and didn't accept him. Come on, somebody. And that same... Those same brothers living inside you, that that flesh despises the Spirit of God. The Bible said that the flesh lusts against the Spirit and they're contrary one to another. Remember that verse? That's Cain and Abel. 
Okay. Let me move on for the sake of time. Point, point two, I want to talk a little bit about the voice of Abel today. I want to talk about the voice of Abel today. Do you know that Abel still speaks, the Bible says? The Bible says Abel still speaks. Let's look at Hebrews 11 and 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, uh, of which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. Look at that now. Hallelujah. Abel, being dead, still speaks. Although long dead and buried, the Bible tells us that Abel still speaks and bears witness to all those who would walk uprightly toward God. He reminds us that without faith, we can't please God. That's how Abel talks. He lets you know, listen, you've got to have faith. Every time the devil gets you to quit believing and don't trust God no more and just give up, Abel is there says, no, no, no. You've got to keep your faith. You've got to hold on to your faith because, the, because Cain knows if he can get you to quit believing and trusting God, he's going to win. His brother's going to die inside you. Come on, somebody. That's how he is speaking right today. He, Abel is crying out. Without faith, it's impossible for you even to please God. The Bible says that we walk by what? Not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, the last scripture I'm going to read. Notice what it says. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. It tells you what that victory is, our faith. You want to have victory? You want to be a victor instead of a victim? It comes through your faith. I want to, I want to share this with you. And uh, get you to understand something. When the devil attacks you, let's say when if he attacks your finances, if he attacks you physically in your body, ever how he attacks you, if he attacks you on your job, if he attacks you through other people, when the devil attacks you in your pocketbook, the devil don't want your pocketbook. If he attacks you physically in your body, the devil, he don't, he don't care about that. Everything that the devil does, and listen to me close, everything that he fights against you, he's trying to get you to give up your faith. Hallelujah. Through harsh circumstances and trials and tribulations and things that you go through, the devil wants you to give up on your faith because without 
faith, there is no pleasing God. And without faith, you're not going to have the victory. So let Abel talk to you. In closing, Abel also speaks to us through the spirit-filled children of God by their lifestyles, behaviors, and Christ-like spirit as we strive to live every day of our lives according to His divine perfect will. Let's say the testimony that Kessie gave a while ago and that guy, that elderly guy that ran in the back of him and that man gets out of this car carrying his oxygen tank and they jump out all been out of shape, irate, and give the guy a good blessing out. And then they go about their way and they come back to church the following week and it just so happens somebody unbeknownst invites that same guy to church and he comes in and he, sees, and he sits on, on, on the row of the church and then when we say we're going to have worship right now, in case it comes up to lead worship, he's going to be back there. Let me give you one more funny story. A police officer one time was driving down the highway, and I mentioned this situation a while ago. Somebody pulled over and cut off an individual, <coughs> and that person started cursing and blaspheming, using God's name in vain and everything else of that person who cut them off. The police officer hit his blue lights, and he didn't pull over the one who cut in that person. He pulled over the person that was cutting from and as he walked up to the car and asked for the license, driver's license and registration, I said, uh, why'd you pull me over, officer? Didn't you see what happened? And the officer said, yeah, sure did. But I seen your reaction and how you were cursing and swearing and using God's name in vain. And I happened to look all over the back of your car and you had a cross, and you had what you had a fish that represents Christianity, and you had two or three other bumper stickers that talks about Jesus. He said, "I saw all that, and I saw the way you were cussing." He said, "I just knew that you had stolen that car." Woo! Hello, somebody. But he said, I see by the restoration, this is your car. Amen. So we better listen to what Abel tells us. And we better we better let we better do what we can do to silence Cain. Because the battle of Cain and Abel is going to rage on until Jesus comes back one day and we shed this fleshly body and we get a glorified body. Let's all stand together today.